servant leadership is very fulfilling. To serve others, to create an organization in which love is accepted and thrives and changes the course of people's lives. You're listening to the Building a Coaching Culture podcast. If you need to compete and win in the 21st century labor market as an employer of choice, this podcast is for you. Each week, we share leadership development, coaching, and culture development insights from leading experts who are developing world-class cultures in their own organizations. And now, here's your host, J.R. Flatter. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Uh, J.R. Flatter here with Lucas. Hello. Just the two of us today. We're probably going to have, I wouldn't say the weirdest conversation yet, but the least dis- the least defined conversation yet. I don't know if you've, you've heard that Richard Branson quote, if you're offered a job, you have no idea how to do it. Take the job and, and figure it out. It quite literally happened to me yesterday. We have this annual event and uh, our guest speaker is a very famous retired leader and called and said, hey, I'm not going gonna, not gonna to make it. And it's a room full of this person's peers. And the topic was servant le- leadership. And it's my name on the shirt. It's my event. And so everyone looks at me and says, can you fill these shoes? And I'm like, of course not. <laughs> How could I possibly, as a non-famous, non-retired leader at the, at the highest levels, talk to my peers about servant leadership. So I took Richard Branson's advice and said, yeah, I could do that. And so uh, ended up having a conversation with this room full of amazing people about servant leadership. And I still don't know if I know what it means. So uh, let's have a conversation about that, if you don't mind, because I think it'll develop my thinking beyond my preparation and beyond my execution yesterday. And maybe it'll finally answer this question for me. Yeah, I guess I think about when I just hear that term and even Lena and I, my wife, we're looking at schools for our son. And one of the schools mentioned that like, oh, our goal is to build servant leaders. And I was surprised that that's showing up like so often and it's such a prevalent topic right now. And I guess I think about the potential a leader has for impact and i mean the negative things that could come up like taking advantage of people or leading people astray or you know succumbing to your own selfish you know wants so as a contrast to that a servant leader i'm assuming should lead you towards the path that's going to benefit you and they're not being selfish and you know not being um like predatory at all. So that's just what comes to mind immediately. Wow, I love that word predatory. Because I would have used the word coercive. I might start using the word predatory power. A lot of people that you and I interact with, they become afraid is too strong, but they avoid power and they avoid leadership because of some of those Historical predators. Yeah, what a beautiful word. Or, God, it's a horrible word, but what a beautiful way to describe that, that horrible power. 
predatory power. Because you and I always talk about referent power. And maybe I'll start talking about servant power. Because for me, and this is part of the mystery that you're going to help coach me through, as you always do, there's a relationship between leadership, service, and love. And I know at first when I say that, even when I say it out loud to myself for the hundredth time, it sounds unassociated, uncomfortable, but there's something going on there and I want to explore it. So you said indirectly, there's a relationship between service and leadership in your definition of what leadership is. And and certainly in mine and everyone in that room last night was a servant leader. They led a cause more important than themselves. And that's what service is, service to someone else. Opportunities to do a lot of other things, yet they choose to continue to serve in the role of a leader. And if you think about this left, I don't mean this politically, but on the left side and the right side of an event, we're very comfortable or more comfortable talking about love after the agreement. I was a member of the Marine Corps for many years. I loved my Marines. I think they loved me back. Marines love each other. But when you're being recruited into the organization and the recruiter is trying to tell you, yeah, you're going to join this amazing organization and it's a hundreds of years old association of, that'll change the course of your life. Telling that story before you've seen it it's very, very difficult. And I think you might have nailed it. Because of predatory power, I'm suspecting perhaps that that recruiter is being predatory rather than service, servant. Me and Oliver, um, someone that works with us and family as well, uh, we were talking about the prototypical recruitment station in like a low-income neighborhood. And it's like on one hand, you think, Okay, that could be predatory, but on the other hand, it could be that that arm reaching up and you know helping somebody. So it's like, yeah, it re- it almost depends on the individuals that are in that particular place, or because yeah, power can go either way. Yeah, of all the different kinds of power that we're most familiar with, positional power is the one that we think of: the CEO, the COO the commanding officer, the the sergeant major, but it's also reward power, expert power. Someone like me with PhD, you would expect I'm an expert in something or the university wouldn't have granted me the degree. Relationship power. I know a guy who could help you fix that. Reward power and even coercive power. Maybe this is where I need to think a little more about replacing coercive with predatory or maybe just adding predatory onto the list because it's even more powerful and destructive than coercive. Power has its place. They all have their place at one time or another. In service, within a relationship of love, in our teaching, you and I talk a lot about there are a few absolutes. Maybe predatory power because of its void of any opportunity for love. Can I love anyone that I'm a predator of? I don't think so. And 
you think about like what does love mean in this context because i mean that's such a huge loaded word but it's like like regardless of your position and my position i guess like you think about love being this like almost transcendent feeling that connects us and if you're not trying to bring people together and use their like what are their goals their goals should align with my goals that's i think that's loving in leadership is taking the voice that's not heard there's a word for this marginalized so taking like if somebody's being quiet you know ask them what their thoughts are give them space to present their feelings and yeah and there are many different definitions and appropriateness of the different kinds of love you hear like stewardship as well like we're sharing resources in some way or another and like our time and our energy and i want you to be a steward of that time and energy you know as a leader yeah and this is really opening a lot of lines of thought for me that because i talk about power all the time power in the hands of a a leader is a beautiful thing power in the hands of a tyrant is a is a very destructive thing and now we've, in, we've introduced this idea of the predator and predatory power. And we were ha- kind of having a discussion of the relationship between coercion and, and predatory. I think coercive can be predatory, but it's not the same thing. Because you could be using, you know, you could be protecting somebody else or, you know. Well, my favorite example, of course, of power is getting a speeding ticket. And the reason that the government wants me to slow down is because it's not safe to drive that fast. In certain neighborhoods and on certain highways at certain times of day, they're protecting you and they're protecting others that they love. And so that course of power, some may consider it predatory that they want the money. But let's take a step back and think about the relationship between service, leadership, and love. And how do you get someone to cross over so that you get to go back to your analogy of the recruiting station in a poor neighborhood might be the best thing to happen in that person's life, that they accept the offer to join this organization that ends up being a very powerful influence. But how does the recruiter convince them? And I don't want to get into a discussion of recruiting because that's not what we're here to talk about. But I have been coaching a lot of recruiters lately, ironically. And one of the things I tell them is the person that you're trying, you're attempting to recruit has to realize that you're talking to them as another human being. And now I'm going to add the word that you're not, that there is a, there is a love for them on the other side of yes, join this organization and receive servant leadership and become part of this organization that's full of love. I mean, that was my first two questions yesterday to this group of esteemed leaders. I said, how does it feel to be in the room full of such leadership? And of course, everybody nods their head and says, yeah, it's great. And then I asked, how does it feel to be in a room that's so full of love? Because they all do in one way or another. And I'm looking at the seven Greek definitions of love. In one way or another, they all love each other, but they're all on the other side of yes. So you think about the environment that we're living in right now and and how powerful positively or destructively a single voice can be telling either a story of hate or a story of love. How do we participate in that in a meaningful way? 
I think the speeding ticket analogy kind of brought up some thoughts where it's like you have individual goals, like I want to get somewhere fast. The individuals in an organization have their selfish desires and the leader might have their selfish desires. But I think the love is kind of forgoing those like, oh, I'm not going to think about how I can get ahead, but I want to think about how this organization can get ahead because that's the example that the leader might have set, you know, and they should be reciprocating that, not being selfish with, you know, their position. Yeah. So some ways it comes back to not only a communication of a philosophy or a principle, but a demonstration of that philosophy or principle. It's kind of what I heard you indirectly say, I could tell you all day long, I love you, I love you, I love you. I'm going to serve you. I'm going to lead you as a servant leader. But then how can I demonstrate that to you? Well, once you're on the other side of yes, it's easy. So you've you've just coached me again. So let me write this down before I forget it. I say it all the time that culture is the story. So tell the story. Tell the story of examples of servant leadership through love. In the graduation this morning, we we graduated 85 new coaches this morning, a global cohort from all over the world. It had a distinguished guest speaker who of her own choice brought in testimonials, not of people that she has coached, but people who've been coached that brought testimonials to her about how powerful a coaching relationship had been to them. And it was pretty amazing to hear the unsolicited stories. And had I not understood coaching and not been a coach, I probably would have said, I want to go get some of that. So maybe the way that we demonstrate servant leadership before yes is through telling the story of those who have said yes. Which brings up an interesting thought, because usually when you're trying to get someone to say yes, you're trying to convince them on something about themselves. But now we're thinking about convincing them through telling someone else's story. A moment ago, if I were to try to recruit you to join the company, I would have said, I'm going to pay you this much, and this is going to be your job. You're going to love the job. You're a computer scientist. Computer scientists love doing this kind of thing. But now if I'm telling the culture story, I'm going to tell the story of, let me tell you about two people who did join. And here's a couple of things they had to say. I didn't ask them to. They just said, hey, I know you're trying to recruit another computer scientist. Let me tell that person what a great place this is. I just jumped to this thought of like when you're trying to, get somebody to say yes like you might like need to give them some courage or you know they like you know that principle that we're always talking about it's like they might be you know they're afraid that something bad could happen and and you are confident that you know the outcome's going to be good and so you're trying to build that courage up in them i wonder if leadership can be summed up kind of like that, where it's like, I'm trying to impart something that I think is virtuous to help you, you know, even if it's just in the moment that I'm with you, like, you know, 
rallying the team and getting them excited. It's giving them something. You're giving them a feeling almost, maybe. Yeah, and I think it's a confidence or a convincement, if that's even a word, that you're not being predatory, that you are actually being of service to them. And then in turn, they can be in service to others and enjoy that same fulfillment, which is the first time that that word's come into this conversation. But I think it's relevant in the sense that servant leadership is very fulfilling. And if you're not a leader and you watch what a leader does, you probably think that's exhausting. And it is, and it can be. Not like it's a walk in the park, but it's very, very fulfilling to serve others, to create an organization in which love is accepted and thrives and changes the course of people's lives and the families of those people. Yeah, taking that fulfillment that you get from interacting with all these other people and trying to impart that through those stories that you were mentioning, you're trying to convey like you know these are all the positive things that i've seen being the leader of this organization so you know you'll be part of that story like you can share in the glory so to speak you know (laughs) like giving them just as much credit as the leader pretty much so on the called pre-side of yes i'm not gonna say on the side of no because no one said yes or no yet but on the pre-side of yes telling the story through others' stories of the service that they've received, the leadership they've received, and the love that they've enjoyed and helped create and created in others. And then I guess the next step in that is that the person that you're talking to will have an opportunity to do those same things. That's pretty powerful. Yeah, it's an interesting idea. Like, Because you also think about I mean, I think that's like a warm and like, you know, that's an inviting kind of way to convince somebody. And then you think about like a cold calculating person and how like mechanical that might be where, you know, I'm I'm almost manipulating you on the spot and just trying to like get you to think this and then get you to think this and then get you to think this and then say yes, where it's like a formula. But we're talking about like, trying to feel it in yourself and like draw it out in yourself and then try to, yeah, it's, it's different. Definitely. Yeah. I'm looking at my notes here. I'm not not sure what we've accomplished, but (laughs) I've certainly got a lot more to think about than I did, you know, 30 or 40 minutes ago when we, whenever we started this chat. So the last thing I'll do is I tell the story all the time. uh, I'm going to start referring to your your word, I'll, I'll give you credit for it when I tell the story, but it's predatory power and how destructive it can be, which would be the polar opposite of servant power. Used to travel to South Sudan quite a lot and newest country on earth. have been at civil war since the, the day they were founded. And it's all because of predatory power, predatory leadership. I wouldn't even call that tyrannical predators. I don't like to use the word tyranny and leader in the same sentence or toxic and leader in the same sentence. For me, those things are mutually exclusive. The second you've accepted tyranny and the second you've accepted 
being a predator, you've abandoned leadership. As I was visiting the capital of South Sudan, I kept noticing this is something other than being in the middle of a civil war and being abject poverty and refugees everywhere and feral dogs running around, babies crying and, and all of those things that one might experience. There was just something else that was different. And it, it finally dawned on me one morning to work out at the top of this building that I was staying in. You obviously can't go for a run in the middle of a civil war. That wouldn't end well. But I still wanted to exercise. And so I'd go to the top of the building and do what I could and watch the city come awake. And I realized over time, not a single person that I was watching and I could see probably a mile around me on any side, not a single person had any expectation to have breakfast. And that seems like such a, a, what's the word? Inconsequential. Inconsequential fact. But when you really think about how destructive predatory power was, think about tomorrow morning waking up in your home and your son and your wife and you have no expectation Maybe today isn't a day that we'll eat. That's the, what predatory power creates. And just the polar opposite, servant leadership, when it also that predatory power creates hate, the polar opposite of love. I doubt if any of those refugees hated each other, but I bet they certainly hated the, the situation that had been created by these predatory tyrants. The polar opposite is servant leadership in service to others in a calling greater than their own, purposefully creating love and having every expectation that you're going to wake up tomorrow morning. And not only, so if you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, every morning that entire city woke up on the bottom rung of Maslow's hierarchy because of predatory power and the lack of servant leadership. Tomorrow morning when you wake up and when I wake up, I'm not going to be a self-actualization, but I'm going to be somewhere in the middle of Maslow's hierarchy already because of servant leadership and people's willingness and ability to be in those roles. And I guess how you and I contribute is to just continue to tell that story. Here's the destruction of predatory tyranny versus and the hate created with it. And here's the love and the value. You know, another thing that we talk about a lot that, that I have felt to mention is letting perfection get in the way of greatness. Another thing I said last night is I have the hardest job in the world and I have the easiest job in the world. I have the easiest job in the world because it's impossible to get that many people of that level of intellect and success in a room and not grow from being together. Uh, I have the hardest job in the world because I'm an imperfect leader. I'm an imperfect human being. And yet here I am talking about an ideal, an ideal that we call servant leadership. So I think one of the most important things that we have to first accept is the imperfection and not let it get in the way of greatness. And so here you have servant leadership that's creating breakfast, lunch, and dinner and love and acceptance and empathy versus destruction and hate. 
predation. It's a pretty powerful, uh, pretty powerful contrast. This imperfect ideal of service lead- servant leadership, when you compare it against predatory power and the hate that it creates, a lot to think about. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I think it is. It definitely gives you like something to wrap your thoughts around. Think about all the yeah that destruction and awful consequences of bad leadership and you know not even bad but like like we keep saying predatory so i think this was really good yeah certainly we'll come back and revisit it again so thanks well that concludes this episode of building a coaching culture i truly hope that this episode was helpful to you if it was be sure to follow us wherever you listen to podcasts maybe stop and give us a rating or review and share this podcast with someone who might find it helpful as well. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.